It's Oscar week, which means it's time for me to pick winners in every single category right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my breakdown of the nominees and potential winners for the 95th Annual Academy Awards. They're happening on Sunday night. It's a big time of the year for me. I love the Oscars as silly and dumb and arbitrary as they are. We're going to break down a lot of that in this video. Quick shameless plug, I did a video that came out a few days ago about how the Oscars work, which goes into the nominating procedures for all the categories that we're going to talk about. And I also did a full simulation on how ranked choice voting works when it comes to best picture. So if you have any questions about the procedures for the Academy, before we start talking about all these awards, go and check that video out because I'm very proud of it and I'd love to get a few more eyeballs on it. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm going to look at every single category. I'm gonna briefly run down the nominees who I would vote for if I had an Oscar vote, who I think is going to win. So I will be picking a winner in every category. And then I'll also give you one other nominee to look out for as you are looking to fill out your Oscar ballots. I am not some grand prognosticator. I've done my best, but as we'll learn when it comes to the Academy Awards, your best is usually just kind of following your gut. So if your gut doesn't lead you the same way, maybe I can point you in a different direction. So let's start this off because we have 23 categories to get to with everybody's favorite, the short films. But these are the categories that can make or break your office Oscar ballot. Let's start first with the live action short films. You see the five nominees there on the screen. And I was actually a little bit disappointed because I wasn't able to see a couple of these short films. Shorts TV does a release every year of the Oscar-nominated short films, but they're in certain markets, and the showtimes in my market were very limited, and a few of them on this list weren't available elsewhere for me to see, and I really think that that's a mistake because public interest will never be higher than the week leading up to the Oscars in so many of these shorts, and I respect the fact that Shorts TV puts these out in theaters, but I really also think they should have been available elsewhere, as most of the other ones were. So I was not able to see An Irish Goodbye, and I was not able to see The Red Suitcase, but I have seen the other three shorts, and let's get to my picks for this category. For the one that I would vote for, of the three that I've seen, it would be Les Pupilles, which is available on Disney Plus right now. It's a very quirky film about a bunch of girls at a boarding school at Christmas time, and there's a cake that gets dropped off, and hijinks ensue. It should be noted that Alfonso Cuaron is nominated for this film as a producer, so should it win, he will be getting another Oscar, and that's actually one of the reasons that I am picking Les Pupilles to win the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short. As we learned last year with Riz Ahmed and his win in this category. A lot of times, if you're looking for the great equalizer in these short categories, go with the one that has a recognizable name or face attached to it, because I think that's what Oscar voters do as well. It's also a very cute short, so my pick is Le Pupil. My one to look out for is An Irish Goodbye, which won the BAFTA Award and is also a big uh, favorite, critical favorite. Uh, perhaps that would have been my pick for the one I'd vote for if I've been able to see it. That's the other one that I would give a good hard look to. Let's move on now to the animated short category, and I thought that it was an okay year in this category, better than I've seen it in some years. I was able to see all of these nominees, and we see here The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, which was very funny to hear Riz Ahmed say when uh, he was announcing the nominees a few weeks ago. My Year of Dicks.
and an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. I think that there's a legitimate shot for any of these four to win, except for the Flying Sailor. I, I don't quite think that that one could make it. If I had to vote, the one that I would vote for is Ice Merchants, which I thought was a very uh, well-drawn, well-animated, and then had a bit of a, an emotional heart, a bit of a sentimental pull to it. So that's the movie that I would vote for. The one that I'm saying will win, go with the one with the attached name and attached brand. The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse is through Apple TV+. J.J. Abrams is an executive producer. It is beautiful animation. I'll give you that. It's an adaptation of a book. I didn't really feel that affected by the short itself. I felt like it was very much uh, a beautiful animated characters telling me inspirational sayings and quotes that can be hung up on the wall. But hey, you know, that works for a lot of people. So that's going to be my pick. I'm kind of going with the corporate pick, if you will. But one that could very well take this category is the very funnily named My Year of Dicks, which I actually almost picked as the one that I would vote for. It's memorable, obviously. The title's memorable. The short itself is very humorous. It had me laughing, especially towards the end. And I would not be shocked in any way, shape, or form if My Year of Dicks ended up winning. But I'm going with the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse as my official pick in a year that's not bad for this animated short category. Finally, let's look at the nominees for Best Documentary Short. We have The Elephant Whispers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. I was able to see all of these except for How Do You Measure a Year, although I have to say that I absolutely detested the short that was nominated from the same director last year, uh, Jay Rosenblatt. I just, I hated it. I think it was called When We Were Bullies. Hopefully this was better. I wasn't able to see How Do You Measure a Year. If I were going to cast a vote based on the ones that I saw, Mine would actually be for Haul Out, which I thought was, you know, I'm going for the movie that took me somewhere and showed me something I've never seen before. It's about a researcher at a mass walrus migration, and it really is a pretty stunning piece of filmmaking. So that would be my vote. As far as the one that I think will win, I'm picking Stranger at the Gate, which is a very, very good story. It's a story that I wasn't aware of. It is about a former Marine who decides that he is going to carry out an attack on a local mosque and then the interactions that he has with the people at that mosque help to change his worldview. I think it's a really well-told story. It's a very compelling story. And then you have on top of that the presence of Malala as the executive producer of the short. So she won't win an Oscar if it wins, but it is a project involving her. I think that that may just be what puts it over the line, but it's not all about name recognition on this one. I actually th think that it is a really good short and a really good story. So I'm picking Stranger at the Gate to win. My one to look out for, The Elephant Whisperers on Netflix. It's just a really kind of uh, cute, uh, sentimental story about this couple who care for elephants. I didn't jump out of my seat and say that's the best documentary short of the year, but I could see people voting for that based on the story alone. But I'm picking for my official pick, Stranger at the Gate. Let's move now to some of the technical categories, and we'll start with one that I think is pretty much a slam dunk, which is Best Visual Effects. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. I would be stunned if any other movie won this award than Avatar The Way of Water, because quite frankly, no other movie was operating on the level of that film this year. So it's the movie I would vote for, it's the movie I'm picking to win, and if I'm going to say to look out for another movie, there could be perhaps a movement to reward Top Gun Maverick, but I think the likelihood of that is very slim. I can say with little to no hesitation that this Oscar belongs to Avatar The Way of Water.
Let's look now at Best Sound, where the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. I know some people might be surprised by this, but the movie I'm voting for is actually The Batman, if only because the sound of that Batmobile starting up in that scene was one of my favorite movie moments of 2022. <laughs> I do think this is going to be a win for Top Gun Maverick. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be pretty surprised if it did not win this Oscar because the sound design in this movie was fantastic and you're not splitting up between different types of sound anymore. The thing to look out for, and this will be a recurring theme in some other categories, is All Quiet on the Western Front because there are whispers and hints that there may be a movement afoot that would surprise a lot of people as far as this movie's performance at the Oscars. So that is a sleeper pick there in the sound category. But again, I think this is very likely a win for Top Gun Maverick. Let's move now to Best Production Design. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. My vote in this category, even though I wasn't a big fan of the movie, would be Babylon. I think it was an incredibly well-designed and, and well-executed film on a technical level. I also am picking Babylon to win this Academy Award. It's up against Elvis in a lot of these categories, and people are picking Elvis in a lot of these categories, but I am sticking with Babylon. I am picking Elvis as the movie to look out for. I also think you can't underestimate Avatar The Way of Water. Even though it is mostly visual effects, there still is a lot of production design that went on with that film, but my official pick for this category is Babylon, and it's not the last time you'll see Babylon picked in a category on my list. Let's move on now to Best Costume Design. The nominees are Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And you know, I sat down and thought about this, and I actually went ahead and said that I would vote for Everything Everywhere All at Once, because at first I was like, oh, well, there's not a whole lot of costume design in, this, in that movie. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Actually, there really is. There's so many different eras and different versions of this character and crazy bagel-headed versions and uh, versions that are doing opera and versions that are in a kitchen and versions that are in a laundromat and, you know, hot dog fingers. I don't know. I don't know if hot dog fingers count as the best costume design. But the more I thought about it, the more I said, you know, I think that was the most outside of the box work that was done. I am picking Elvis. This was very very close. I almost picked Babylon here in this category. Usually best costume design turns out to be most costume design. And when you look at Elvis, the fact that the clothes are such an important part of that character and they are front and center for so much of the movie, Babylon is my nominee to look out for. And I would not be shocked whatsoever if Babylon ended up taking it but I'm sticking with Elvis. Let's move on to a really intriguing category, I think, which is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. And this is another one that I went back and forth on for quite some time. My vote would be for The Batman. I think that just the Colin Farrell penguin makeup alone is worth the Academy Award. If you've given me 15 guesses as to who is under that makeup, I don't think that I would have guessed Colin Farrell. Now, this was a very difficult back and forth in my mind between The Whale and Elvis for who I thought would win this Oscar. But I went ahead and chose The Whale. It's a lot more focused in that the makeup and hairstyling is mostly on the character of Charlie, who's played by Brendan Fraser. But it's also such an integral part of that character. However, I really think this is a 50-50 shot. I'm going on pure gut instinct here. Elvis may very well win this category, so don't feel guilty if you end up marking it on your ballot. 
But I'm going for the whale. The music categories are always fun with the Oscars, and they give us some good moments, usually, on the live telecast. So let's look at those, and we'll start with Best Original Score. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. I would vote for, again, Babylon. I think that Justin Hurwitz's score for that film transcends even the movie itself. I think it is incredible work. That would be my vote. And it's also the movie that I'm selecting to win the Academy Award. And in the look out for category, I mean, I don't think you can discount everything everywhere all at once. I really don't think you can discount any of these nominees, but I'm picking the Fablemans because you never quite know where voters are going to go. This is not John Williams's last movie. It is perhaps his last movie with Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, though, and we don't quite know how Indiana Jones is going to pan out or if he's going to do any more movies after that. So it's possible that voters could say, well, this could be the last crack we get at giving John Williams an Academy Award for a Steven Spielberg film, for a prestige film. I also wouldn't be that angry. I mean, he's John freaking Williams. If he'd won 57 Oscars, it wouldn't quite be enough. So John Williams and the Fablemans, my movie to look out for. One category where I can project a winner with a little more confidence is Best Original Song. The nominees are Applause from Diane Warren, who I think is required to be nominated and lose in this category every single year. Hold My Hand from Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. Lift Me Up, which will be performed by Rihanna on the Academy Awards ceremony. Natu Natu from RRR, which will also be performed on the Academy Awards ceremony, and I can't wait for that. And then This Is a Life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. David Byrne will be coming in to perform that song. I was hoping this year that RRR was going to be up for a lot of Academy Awards. That's not how it panned out, but this is the category where I think we are going to see them, RRR going to see them, take home the Academy Award. And it's going to be deserving because the song Natu Natu generated one of my favorite cinematic moments, not only in that movie, but in recent memory. I love this portion of the movie, and the music is a huge part of that. I can't wait for the performance. I am excited for them to win the Oscar. If I had a vote, I would vote for Natu Natu. I believe that Natu Natu will win. I am naming Lift Me Up from Rihanna as the song to look out for, because if there is an upset, I think the emotion around Black Panther Wakanda Forever and Chadwick Boseman's death could perhaps lift that to an Oscar win, but I think that that's a very remote chance. This is probably my third category, if we're ranking them in order of confidence, where I am very convinced that Natu Natu is going to be the winner, and I think a deserving winner. Let's move on to the category this year that had what I named my biggest Oscar snub of the year, and that's Best Cinematography. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar, and while all of these are fine-looking films, I'm still completely stymied by the fact that Claudio Miranda and Top Gun Maverick are not included in this category. It is something that I've talked to several people about, and none of us have an answer. Nobody really knows. If I did have a vote for Best Cinematography, and I couldn't write in Claudio Miranda and Top Gun Maverick, then I would vote for All Quiet on the Western Front, which I think is an incredible-looking film. I'm also picking All Quiet on the Western Front to win this award. I don't think that there is a runaway winner, although the movie I'm picking to look out for is Elvis, which I think stands a pretty good chance of also taking this award. Again, this was close to a 50-50 pick. I'm going a little bit on instinct and the strength and passion that the Academy seems to have for All Quiet on the Western Front and picking it in this category. But should Mandy Walker win for her work on Elvis, I don't think it would be a massive surprise. Let's move now to a category very near and dear to my heart, which is best editing. It's where I started out in this whole crazy business and how through some roundabout path, I ended up here in front of you telling you who I think would win at the Academy Awards. The nominees this year are 
the Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. I think that the Banshees of Inisherin and Tar are two incredibly well-edited films, but I think this is really a three-picture race between Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. If I had a choice, if I had a vote, I would vote for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I just think that it is above and beyond what you usually see. So that's the movie I would vote for. It's really, again, kind of a toss-up here. I'm picking Everything Everywhere All at Once to win the Academy Award, although I would not be shocked if it's the movie that I'm saying that you should look out for, which is Top Gun Maverick. I'm going a little bit light on Oscars for Top Gun Maverick here. It's very likely that the Academy decides that it deserves more than what I'm giving it, so I could see it very easily winning this category, but I think the innovation shown in Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to stand out to the Academy, and I am picking it to win. Let's look now at two categories that are often overlooked by especially the casual moviegoer, but often contain some of the best films in any given year, best documentary film and best international film. And let's start with best documentary feature. I would generally say that I enjoyed all of these films. It wasn't the strongest crop of documentaries I've ever seen, but I think they were all incredibly well made and had compelling subject matters. The nominees are All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, a house made of splinters and Navalny. Honestly, I think that you can make a case for really any one of them to win. I think the two front runners are Fire of Love and Navalny. If I had a vote, I would vote for Fire of Love, which was one of my favorite movies out of the Sundance Film Festival last year. I think it got great saturation over the year. It came out last summer. It's been available on streaming. I think there's been time for people to kind of get that word of mouth going. And I think that it's just an incredibly well-shot documentary. Some of the most stunning footage I've ever seen in a documentary. So I would vote for it. And I'm going, this may be a heart pick here. This may not be a head pick. Maybe my love for this film is guiding me a little bit too much, but I'm picking Fire of Love to win Best Documentary Feature. And this may be where you say, I can't follow you down this road anymore because most people are saying that the smart money is on Navalny. It is about the outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin. Of course, it has become incredibly more relevant since it came out over a year ago, both because Navalny is now in jail and because of the war in Ukraine. And perhaps it should be the movie that I'm picking but I, I'm just kind of betting on the fact that perhaps the voters were as blown away by the quality of footage and the story that was told in Fire of Love just that much more than Navalny. So that's what I'm picking. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut and your heart, and they're all saying that I think maybe Fire of Love has a shot here. Let's look now at Best International Feature Film, and this was a really strong category this year. As a matter of fact, I think maybe it would have been one of the best groups that I've ever seen if they had included Decision to Leave, which is one of my favorite movies from last year, and I and I will tell you which movie I would have taken out of this lineup. It's EO, which is an audience favorite for some people, but which I got to the end of it, and I was just like, why the hell did you put me through that? But EO is nominated for Best International Feature Film, along with The Quiet Girl, Close, Argentina 1985, and All Quiet on the Western Front, which has received so many other nominations, including Best Picture, that I think it's hard to not pick it for this award. But when it comes to the movie that I would vote for, it's actually a movie that I saw rather recently as I was catching up and trying to see the movies I hadn't seen for Academy Awards consideration. And that is The Quiet Girl, which is a nominee out of Ireland. It is a story about a young girl learning her way through a new family. But I was really charmed by this film and it really sucked me in and just, I, I loved the story, the performances, everything about it. I also came close to saying that I would vote for Close as well from Belgium which I just watched. I think there are maybe two films on this list that I would personally vote for 
overall quiet on the Western front. Is that a signal that maybe it's not in a great position? This has certainly happened before. Pan's Labyrinth was nominated for Best at that time Foreign Language Film, and it had many other nominations to the Academy Awards, and people thought it was a shoe-in to win that award, and it didn't win. It lost to a movie called The Lives of Others. Is that going to happen here with All Quiet on the Western Front? Is history going to repeat itself? I'm not banking on that. I'm going to go ahead and say that All Quiet on the Western Front will win the Academy Award. I just can't argue against its strength in being nominated in other categories, whereas these other films were not nominated in any other categories. And the movie I'm saying to look out for is actually neither of the two that I would have voted for overall quiet on the Western Front, but it's a movie called Argentina 1985, which is a very powerful film. It is a bit more conventional as far as the Oscar movie. It ends with a big speech and a standing ovation, but it's also very well acted. It's got some humor. It has likable characters. It's a true story. It has all of the hallmarks of an Oscar movie. So I think if there is an upset to be had, then maybe it'll be Argentina 1985. Really, the only movie I'm discounting is EO because I feel like other people are going to feel the same thing that I did when they got to the end of that film. And if Decision to Leave had been in this group, I think it would have been a very interesting race because I wouldn't have known how to call that one. We have so many races left to pick, but before we do, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Mint Mobile. Everybody loves having mobile service, but we all hate having to deal with the big wireless companies. Hidden costs, crazy fees, but the answer to those problems is here, and it's called Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. No crazy contracts, no ridiculous promotions, no charges that you don't find out about until you get your bill. I spent months with my last service provider trying to figure out my contract and neither one of us knew what was going on. They couldn't even keep it straight. Everybody had a different answer, but Mint Mobile is so simple, you don't have to try to crack some impossible code just to get what you paid for. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family, and at Mint Mobile, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month with no unexpected surprises at mintmobile.com slash Merle. That's mint, M-I-N-T, mobile.com slash Merle, M-U-R-R-E-L-L. -L. Seriously, you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash Merle. Let's move on now to Best Animated Feature, and we have a pretty strong group of nominees here as well. The nominees this year are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. And I will say that I really liked four of these movies, and The Sea Beast was one that I thought was really well animated. The story didn't grab me as much as the other ones did, but I still quite enjoyed it, so I think it's a strong crop of nominees. I think if Puss in Boots, The Last Wish had come out earlier in the year, maybe in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse position earlier in December, then perhaps it would have stood a better chance, but I think because it did come on so late, and also because it is in direct competition with a really great animated film in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I'm not picking it to win. If I had a vote, I would vote for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I believe that it is the movie that is going to win. If there was any doubt, I think all of these other awards that have been given out have really helped to lessen that doubt. And the movie I'm saying to look out for isn't Puss in Boots The Last Wish, although I'd be very happy if it won. It's Marcel the Shell with Shoes On because it is a very charming movie. It's a very distinctive movie. It's a very cute movie, and I could see it putting up some close competition to Pinocchio, which is a little more gloomy, a little sadder, but I think there's a lot of momentum behind Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and it's my pick to win Best Animated Film, and I think it would be a deserving pick to win Best Animated Film. 
Let's move on now to the screenplay categories. We're getting very late in the night. The nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay, this isn't really my favorite group of nominees ever. They are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. I enjoyed all of these films, but the screenplay wasn't really the thing that stood out in most of them. If I had a vote to cast, I guess I would probably vote for Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery just because I thought that it was a really well-written ensemble piece. I think that Sarah Polly and Women Talking will get a big win here, and that will sort of be the symbolic win for this movie. There was a time when people thought that it might have multiple major Oscar nominations, but it came away with the biggest nominations there in Adapted Screenplay and for Best Picture. I don't think it really has much of a shot at Best Picture, but I do think it has more than a shot at Best adapted screenplay but again the movie to look out for all quiet on the western front if all quiet on the western front wins best adapted screenplay then that could be the first hint that its chances for best picture are better than anybody thought i'm fairly confident that sarah polly is going to win the oscar here but it is far from a sure thing when we look at the nominees for Best Original Screenplay, I think it's sort of the opposite of Adapted. I think this is an incredibly deep and rich category this year. The nominees are The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. In a lesser year, I think any one of these movies could have won. If I had a vote, I would vote for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think its originality is one of its biggest assets, and I think it should be rewarded in this category. And I think that it's very close, but I think that the momentum's going to be with Everything Everywhere All at Once to win in this category over the movie that I'm saying to look out for, which is The Banshees of Inna Sharon. I could see it winning here, and for Martin McDonough to really take this home as the prize for the movie, essentially, for everybody, including the actors, including Best Picture, Director, etc. This could be where it wins. So I think it's going to be close, but I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to take the Oscar. And that leaves the big ones, so let's start getting into the acting, directing, and then Best Picture categories. And we will start with Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inna Sharon, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And unless there's a massive surprise, I think the three names that we should really be focusing on here are Angela Bassett, Carrie Condon, and Jamie Lee Curtis. There just hasn't really been a sign that there's a whole lot of support for either Hong Chow or Stephanie Hsu, although they are really two of my favorites in this category. Actually, when I talk about who I would vote for if I had a vote, I would vote for Hong Chao in The Whale. I thought she was phenomenal in that film, a very just devastating performance, and she would be my easy number one pick. Now, this is where it gets interesting, because for a long time, Carrie Condon was kind of the front runner in this category, and then for an even longer time, it was Angela Bassett, you know, Angela Bassett did the thing and all that stuff, but these last couple of weeks, there's been a movement toward Jamie Lee Curtis, which really was bolstered by her win at the Screen Actors Guild Awards for Best Supporting Actress, and so I've seen a lot of people, including the major publications, many of them now switching and saying that Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And I think that she very well may. But my gut tells me that the Academy is going to stick with Angela Bassett. She is an industry veteran. She brings it in every single role. She's never won an Academy Award. Of course, neither has Jamie Lee Curtis. But if we're in one of these categories where it's body of work versus body of work, I just have a feeling that Angela Bassett is still going to win this Academy Award in a very close race with Jamie Lee Curtis. Although, obviously, the person I'm saying to watch out for 
is Jamie Lee Curtis, because if we're going just by momentum, then she's the one that's going to take home the Academy Award. Let's move on now to the nominees for Best Supporting Actor, and they are Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Keown for The Banshees of Inisherin, and Ki-Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. If there's one race that I would be comfortable saying is an absolute titanium adamantium lock, it is this race for Best Supporting Actor and Ki-Hui Kwan. He has been the story of this awards season. All roads have led to the Academy Awards, and I really see nothing that says that he's not going to win this award. He's never lost momentum from the second this movie came out. He's the person that I would vote for if I had a vote. He's the person that I'm picking to win the Academy Award on Sunday night. And because I have to put down someone to look out for, I guess I'll put down Barry Keown because he was able to beat Ki-Hui Kwan at the BAFTAs. But this is the one where I would fall off the couch if Ki-Hui Kwan doesn't win because every indicator, every everything says that he's going to win this award. He deserves to win this award. And I, for one, cannot wait to see him walk on stage and accept that award, especially in front of Steven Spielberg and all of these people that he worked with all those years ago. And I'm sure he never thought he would be accepting an Oscar on that stage. Best Actor and Best Actress were two races that weeks ago many people thought had been decided and then they were decided the other way and now it's just kind of back up in the air. So let's talk about both of them because they're very unpredictable and let's start with the race for Best Actor. The nominees this year are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser, Fraser by the way, not Frazier, Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for living. And, you know, I hate to say it, but Bill Nye and Paul Mescal, you both are wonderful people, but your nomination is the award here because the three names that have been in constant contention for this Oscar are Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, and Brendan Fraser. And when this season began, it was just accepted that Brendan Fraser was going to win that award. But then other award shows started happening. Colin Farrell won the Golden Globe, although he was not in direct competition with Brendan Fraser. Austin Butler won the Golden Globe as well. He was in direct competition with Brendan Fraser. And then the momentum seemed to be with Austin Butler. So first it was all Fraser. Then it was a three-way tie. Then it all went to Butler and it was like, well, Austin Butler's going to win. And then I've seen a little bit of a shift back to Colin Farrell, but now it seems like momentum might be going back to Brendan Fraser. So how is this race going to shake out? Well, if I had a vote, I would vote for Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I think it is a phenomenal performance. It was not one of my favorite movies of last year, but his was one of my favorite performances of last year. Do you forget the feeling that people are incapable of not caring? And I am actually picking him to win the Academy Award for Best Actor. I think it's been a very long award season. If the Oscars were two weeks ago, I probably would have picked Austin Butler. But I just think the story is too good. I think the performance is too good. And I can't pick against him here. Although the actor, of course, I'm saying to look out for is Austin Butler for Elvis. Because I think it is almost as likely that he does end up winning. But it's not about how you start the race. It's about how you end the race. And as Oscar voting was happening, it just closed a couple of days ago, I really did feel, it seemed like, that the momentum was coalescing around the whale and around Brendan Fraser after a lot of people kind of trying on Colin Farrell or trying on Austin Butler. I actually 
actually wouldn't be that surprised if Colin Farrell, if it's like a three-way race and Colin Farrell kind of comes right up the middle and wins the Oscar. And I'd be happy for any of those three of them. I think that they all put in great performances, but I'm going with Fraser. Best Actress is a race that people thought was locked up up until about two weeks ago. It was Kate Blanchett's Oscar. People practically had it packed up and sent to her house before the awards show even happened. Let's look at the nominees. They are Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, the controversial Andrea Risebro for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And with respect to those other three performances, Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh were really the only two that people were talking about as far as who would actually win. It's kind of ironic, the tail end of Oscar season when final voting was happening was engulfed in a controversy that was similar to what happened with Andrea Riseborough was nominated. Michelle Yeoh posted a story to Instagram that was about diverse actors winning in the Academy Award, and that story inside the text of it mentioned Kate Blanchett. is like, well, she already has a couple of Oscars. Does she really need a couple more? And people were calling Michelle Yeoh out for that because there are Academy rules governing that, and they're the same rules that people were calling out those who were campaigning for Andrea Riseborough back when she was nominated, that surprise nomination all those weeks ago. So it's kind of funny that a similar type of controversy happened at the tail end of this Best Actress race, but it is Yo and it is Kate Blanchett. If I had a vote, listen, I, I've made no secret of the fact that Tar was my favorite film of last year, and Everything Everywhere All at Once was my second favorite film from last year. So this is very close for me, but I would cast my vote for Kate Blanchett. I think that she was just incredible in this film. It would take almost a flawless performance, really, in my mind, for me to not vote for Michelle Yeoh, but I think that that's what Kate Blanchett turned in. So she's who I would vote for, but I'm picking Michelle Yeoh to win this race. And again, it all comes down to momentum. I think that she has the momentum. And as I said, this Best Actress race has been engulfed in controversy from the very beginning. And I do hope that the discussion around Michelle Yeoh's win, if she does win, as I'm predicting her to do, is solely about the quality of her performance and the fact that she does deserve it after so many years at the Academy. I will always always want to hear with you but there will be people that try to discredit and say that it was just about these dumb words that they make up. I don't subscribe to any of that, but I also have to analyze all of the different factors. And I think that perhaps some people may take that into consideration, but it should not be a reflection of Michelle Yeoh's performance or the quality of her work, because I think that it was superb and also the best work that she's ever done in her career. Obviously, the one to look out for if I'm picking Michelle Yeoh to win is Kate Blanchett, who also may very well win the Oscar. And even if she she doesn't, I think, has put in one of the best performances. And honestly, we could very well see her win a year or two because we see that often with the Oscars. There will be two incredible performances that are nominated in the same year. The Oscar goes to one person one year, and then a year or two later, there's a little bit of a makeup effect, and it goes to the other person. Again, the Oscars are dumb, and it's not always about uh, recognizing the best. It's about recognizing what's going on right at this moment, and then they'll figure it out later on down the line. And that leaves us with two awards, Best Director 
and Best Picture. And let's look first at the Best Director nominees. The Banshees of Innis Sharon's Martin McDonough, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheinert, a.k.a. The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Ostlin for Triangle of Sadness. A little bit surprising that All Quiet on the Western Front was not able to secure a nomination here, considering it showed surprising strength elsewhere. And this is a little tougher than you might think as far as which one I'm going to pick. If I had a vote to cast, I would vote for Daniels. I would vote for them because I think that their vision on this movie was incredible. And I'm actually picking them to win. I thought for a while that this could very well be Steven Spielberg's Oscar to lose. But again, there's nothing that I've seen with any of the reaction to this movie in any other circle that says to me that this has lost an ounce of momentum from the beginning of award season. So I'm picking Daniels to win this Academy Award. But the one to look out for, of course, never discount Steven Spielberg, especially when he's making a movie about himself making movies. It could very well be that the Academy goes for him because they want to recognize the feat of telling your own life story. And so it would be only a mild surprise for me to see Steven Spielberg walk up on that stage. But I think right now you have to go with the momentum play and you have to go with Daniels for best director. Which brings us to Best Picture. Now, if the night goes the way that I've picked the races to go, there may not be a whole lot of suspense, but if a few of these change up, if Elvis wins a couple more, if Top Gun Maverick wins a couple more, then maybe there's a little bit of suspense. But let's look at the 10 Best Picture nominees. They are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Venice Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. If I were able to cast my vote for Best Picture, again, my favorite movie of last year was Tar, and it's the movie that I would vote for for Best Picture. I'm predicting everything everywhere all at once to win the Academy Award for Best Picture almost improbably. I remember back when I reviewed it, I think a year ago, I was saying, I hope that it's remembered come Academy Awards time, or you know, maybe they'll remember Michelle Yeoh's performance. I never anticipated that we would be a year down the road and everything everywhere all at once was not just nominated for all of these Academy Awards, but was winning all of the preceding awards in record numbers, was the cement-locked Best Picture frontrunner, especially given the strength of a lot of these other films. So I'm happy to see everything ever all at once in the position that it's in. I think it was a little shaky when nominations were first announced. Is the Fablemans kind of the frontrunner? Is it everything ever all at once? Is it something else? I think it is now obviously everything, everywhere, all at once. Now, the question is, who's the heir apparent? What is the movie that could perhaps snake in there and grab that trophy? And again, for a while, I thought it was The Fablemans, but I'm actually going with All Quiet on the Western Front. There does seem to be a lot of support in various different branches of the Academy for this movie. And you never know, especially with the ranked choice voting system, weird things can happen when it comes to Best Picture. So I'm actually appointing All Quiet on the Western Front as the movie to look out for, but I am fairly confident that when we get to the end of Oscar night on Sunday, everything, everywhere, all at once will walk away with the biggest trophy that Hollywood has to offer. And should these results shake out as I've picked them, then everything, everywhere, all at once would be the easy big winner of the night with six Academy Award wins. Then we would have The Whale, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Babylon with two wins apiece. Then Women Talking, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, RRR, Elvis, 
Fire of Love, Top Gun Maverick, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Avatar The Way of Water with one win apiece. So my projections have the Academy kind of spreading the love around, which I don't think is really such a bad thing. I'd love to see a bunch of different movies take home all of these different awards. Is this the way that it's going to happen? Again, I really don't know. I'm making my best guess here. But the fun thing about the Oscars is that if I'm wrong, then that means that we have a very unpredictable show, which is also great. I love unpredictability. I hate it when things unfold the way that you think that they're going to. That's one of the very few things that the Oscars have to offer, unpredictability. And the last few years, they've really shown us how unpredictable they can be. Hopefully, we're not going to go down that road. But what do you think? What are the movies that you want to see when? Do you think that any of these picks are just crazy? Do you have some of your own that you want to substitute? Let me know down in the comments below. And if you want to watch the Oscars with me, you can head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Dan Merle. I'm doing a watch along there with all of my patrons. You can join starting at $2, no matter what level you join at, you can come and watch the show. So I'll be excited to do that there. And before we even get to the Academy Awards, I also have other videos here on the channel coming up soon, including reviews for Scream 6 and 65. So it's a busy week as we draw to a close, a chaotic yet entertaining award season. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Please like, share, subscribe if you liked this video. And until next time, Stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.